last week we discussed folklore as a gauge for the values of the society that created them. Today we get more specific. A babysitter receives menacing phone calls. And upon investigating them, she realizes that they are originating from an upstairs bedroom. The very room where she's left the children under her care to sleep. Now, who's heard this before, hmm? Well, that really happened to a girl in my hometown. Oh, yes. I'm sure it did. I'm, I'm sure most of you grew up thinking that this happened to girls in, in all your hometowns, but it didn't. You see, the babysitter and the man upstairs is what we call an urban legend. <laughs> Welcome back to the Kill the Dead podcast. I'm your host, Gray. Tonight, I'm joined by my internet co-host from left to right. We have Ash, Brandon, and Devin. Say what's up, guys. What's up? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so to those of you listening at home, I will apologize ahead of time as being a bitch. So I don't know how much we'll cut out, but we will do our best to make it entertaining regardless. With that being said, Devin, what's good with you? Oh, everything's good with me, Gray. Um, I have been... Okay, so don't laugh at this, but I've been a deep dive binge-watching season two of Charles in Charge. Oh, the okay. old uh, Scott Bale sitcom from the 80s. Um, it's an awful show, but I like cheesy <laughs> 80s uh, sitcoms. So that, that's been my thing. I actually just ordered the whole thing on Amazon last week, and, and I'm going to go through it. I'm almost... And of course, this past Sunday was Easter Sunday. I was upstate New York with family and loves like us. So as per tradition, we had to watch Critters 2. So, so I had a very wonderful Easter. Would mm-hmm. you care to explain the tradition? So Critters 2 takes place on Easter. And mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of Easter in um, bunnies and Easter eggs, church and all and all that stuff, and it's just you, you got to watch it on Easter, just like you have to watch Black Christmas, Black Xmas, and Silent Night, Deadly Night films during Christmas. It just got it was kind of the law for horror movies. Interesting. Like I've never, I'm not one to ever pair the holiday that some films take place on with what? the actual holiday. Leprechaun on St. Patrick's Day. What? Uh uh-uh. Christmas. Well, what do you do? I mean, I just watch people die. It's never, I've never themed it out. I've never done that. So, like, no, I know what you did last summer on 4th of July. I... Or my Valentine's. I've done Return of the Living Dead on 4th of July. Or July, July 3rd. But um, probably the only one I've ever done. We have to have an offline discussion, Greg. I'm not sure. <laughs> Watching habits. I have failed the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's been good. How about how about you, Ash? Oh, let's see. I'm actually I'm in a happy place now. Like I now, and I'm just I'm overall really happy. So that's a plus. Um, Is that because of a Facebook status change? Oh, I mean, Mm -hmm. but Uh (laughs) we know. (laughs) Um, Besides all that, um, no, I'm just I'm just happy. I feel like myself. I've been going through a lot past couple of months, and I'm just. I'm feeling good, so I'm happy, I'm blessed, and I'm just... I've been um, 
I have an addiction to Amazon Prime. And I've been ordering. <laughs> I've been too, ordering. Sister. I've been ordering too much stuff. And yesterday, my order came in, and I got Strangeland and Inside, the unrated version, of course. Oh, and, so quick. oh yeah, I know. I was like, what? To order more stuff, but <laughs> but if y'all haven't seen Strangeland, it's the D. Snyder movie that came out like in what's that night? And it stars Linda, uh, how do you pronounce the last name? Cardellini? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so who happens to be the star of this movie we're going to review? Uh, uh, yeah, that one's like, it's a, it's a must watch. If you've never seen it, definitely check it out. A lot of people describe it as the saw before there was a saw. So, mm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean it, it scared the crap out of me when I was a little kid. So I was like, okay, I need to own this. Well, now I want to watch or yeah. I've never viewed it with that lens. Yeah, and then like I noticed there's like an article circling around. I saw it, main, saw it all mainly on book, and people are like, "This movie you haven't, you probably never seen." These Snyder's Strangeland. I'm like, hold up, I know that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know all about that movie. I just I need to I need to buy it. So I did. Um, I finally started watching the second. Season of Sabrina's Chilling Adventures. I have yet to finish it. And I started watching Mercy Black last night, but I fell asleep. <laughs> Shame on myself. Oh, Shame. Egerton film. Yes. But you know overall, what's really is that he still says Twitter. Mm-hmm. So like if you ask him a question about the movie, he'll he'll answer you back. Which I think is really cool that he you know. Even though He's got, you know, his name on him now that he's still talking to people just, like, every day. That's awesome, though, because, you know, a lot of times that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yes. We, ap- well, I mean, we appreciate that. <laughs> yes, April 2019, it still happens for him. <laughs> You're listening to the 2020. hope that things haven't changed. <laughs> so how are things going on with you, Brandon? What's up? Okay, so over the past, I'd say three or four days, I've been staying up till 2 a.m. playing Dead by Daylight, and that has been Abby, just wonderful. Um, for those of you that don't know, Dead by Daylight is a game where there's four survivors, one killer, and yeah, it's just a whole nightmare. Just imagine 2 a.m., it's totally dark out, and you hear the, the terror noise in your ears, and you're like, I'm going to get got. You can't do anything about it. People are sleeping around you, so you can't scream. So you sit there and just bite your tongue, just trying not to make a noise. It's it's, it's truly just wonderful. Um, waiting on Mortal Kombat 11. I just can't buy it yet. By the way, Mortal Kombat 11 is out as of, well, by the time you hear this, trust me, it's, it's definitely out. Um, and I'm really excited about that. I've just been doing school and trying to research on how to be a better hacker. Trying to come up with ideas for this horror thing I'm doing. So yeah, it's been a great time, but nothing too big. You, Gray, what's going on? First, I, I, I it escapes me right now. <laughs> but I watched a very good movie um, on Netflix. But anyway, it stars Jane the Virgin. Gina has a real name, but I can't think of her last name either. Rodriguez. Uh, oh, I know the movie. 
talking about? Is the new like rom com? Uh, yeah. With Britney Snow. Yes. Uh, yeah, Britney Snow's in it too. Then it's like it had it. You know what makes my day? And you know, I'm damn near almost a middle aged man. I feel like and I still get excited when fucking RuPaul does a cameo in a movie. Yes. 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 It gets me every fucking time. It like, plays this craziest thriller, mm-hmm. and it was like my favorite part of the movie. Um. So I, I want to say someone love you, someone to give a shit, something. <laughs> someone great. Yeah, yes. I think that's it. Ah, I can't wait to see that. It's definitely worth the watch. Um, um, so last week on social media, several me or comments in my pictures, uh, do I watch or listen to the Kill Count or the Dead Meat podcast? And... To answer all your questions, I do. I don't know James at all. I don't know why people kept asking me that last week. Um, I did listen to his recent episode, or recent as of when the last time I listened to the podcast, and they do an actual really good deep dive into um, transgender adults. Very interesting. They had a guest, uh, Joan Ford. That's probably maybe not her real name, because I want to say there was a TV series when I was a kid. There was a character named but um, I didn't bother to Google it either. But if you guys are interested in just hearing, I'm not saying there are authorities on transgender representation either, nor but I thought it was a great discussion to say the least. That people should give it a listen if you haven't heard their episode. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, and you guys too. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, just you know, shitload of traveling and uh, end game is tomorrow. Yes, another non horror thing. But it might be be too long for you guys, it might be too long. It's gonna be too long for me. I'm gonna handle it. I'm bringing the flask to the theater. That's all I know. (laughs) Church has prepared me for this moment. I am ready. I mean, I feel like. I'm doing good because I got a five o'clock showing. Me too. So it's like, yeah. So I feel like it's still gonna be daylight when I get out, so my body won't be thinking fatigue. But we'll see. There's a large probability of me falling asleep, but I hope not. I wanted a super early to kind of like get it out of the way. I like the Avenger films, but just three hours. It's just. It's not. It's no. It's not. No, it's, it's not, not three hours. How long? No. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> but I watched Lord of the Rings, you know, a, a great oh, epic, epic tale. No, so oh, no. no. Deal. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a good segue. So the reason we're all here, and hopefully you're listening at home, is for us in discussion about the curse of La Llorona. Um, none of us are really Spanish, so we may butcher this or may refer to it as the weeping woman. Whichever way, do not get offended. We are doing our best. I'm very sorry about your loss. It's your fault! I can't even imagine how you must feel. Your children. Mincing. Mincing. Are safe now. But have they heard her crying? 
Have they felt the sting of her tears? They will. And she will come for them. Who? La Llorona. After ignoring the eerie, eerie warning of a troubled mother suspected of child endangerment, a social worker and her own small kids are soon drawn to a frightening suspensual, supernatural realm. Their only hope to survive is La Yorona's deadly wrath. I can actually read. I don't know why I'm... <laughs> Let me start over. <laughs> Let me start over. Okay. <laughs> Ignoring the eerie warning of a troubled mother suspected of child endangerment, a social worker and her own small kids are soon drawn into a frightening supernatural realm. Their only hope to survive is La Yorona's deadly wrath may be a disillusioned priest and the mysticism he practices to keep evil at bay on the fringes where fear and faith collide. IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I can read, okay? <laughs> well, I was nervous about butchering well, the name. Because it is tricky, and I do know that in several other countries, they just cut that part out, and it's just the curse of the weaving woman. So I guess they were just like, it's not gonna do well in this country, state, whatever. <laughs> The actual legend, this woman is very beautiful. She's taken by a man. They have two children. At some point, the man decides that to be with the young woman, leaves him or leaves his wife with the two sons to raise alone. One day, he passes her and he stops and says hello to his sons and ignores her. Sometime thereafter, she figures the only way to punish him is to take the one thing he still cares about to get revenge on him. After the jealous rage was over, she realized what she was and hence the weeping woman and now she roams the earth looking for her children so that she can get into heaven because she was acceptance she didn't have her kids that is a rough approximation of the original story that is the myth the legend as far as i know i didn't grow up la la rona or a chanla as just you know black grandmother that's all i had that's fear enough <laughs> That's, that's more than enough. Brandon, what were your initial thoughts on this coming into the Conjuring universe? My initial thoughts are as follows. Didn't realize it was a part of the Conjuring universe until after the film. And I was like, that's a nice touch. So normally I don't like to pick 
this bone with many movies, but I want to pick it with this one. There was way too many jump scares, so that way the jump scares were just totally ineffective. I'll be straight up with that. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So for me, a jump scare is supposed to like signify something significant that's getting ready to happen. It's almost like it's like rubbing your shoulders before you know everything goes goes shit crazy. Here, I don't even jump anymore. That and the made them kind of obvious too. That's problem number one I had. Problem number two is um kind of my fault because I did not know that this was like folklore or anything like that. Now that I've heard Grey's from what I know tale and seeing the movie, I can see how it all makes sense and it makes it a little bit more creepier. I wouldn't say it's a, it's decent. It's a de- it was a decent watch. I wasn't too upset. And it wasn't horribly long either. It was like an hour and a half, I think. Yeah. The saving grace. <laughs> it's like a I said he said saving grace, so obviously he has some feelings that he needs to get out. <laughs> Well then, Devin, let's hear your your thought. <sighs> okay, I, I I thought it was a serviceable film. It was fine. It's it, it was it's better than Annabelle, Personable. Yeah. Um, you know, I I'm but I just had a couple little things I have to nitpick here, and I I could be totally talking out of my ass. I don't know, but first, I'm also I'm questioning if this movie only produced as part of the Conjuring universe, like if they just added you know, the connecting scene in there in, in post-production as a way to market this film, especially since the director of this film is directing Conjuring 3. So just wondering if that's part of it. I also... Okay. It, it definitely is now, because if you look at the yeah. new Annabelle trailer, you see the wedding dress. Mm. And I wasn't sure if that was um, La, La Llorona's, La Llorona's uh, wedding dress or if that was the nun's dress from the nun's a little similar so okay i'll take that oh you're saying it's a habit yeah see i'm speculating i didn't it could be either one yeah and i love love linda cardellini she's one of the actresses who can do do no wrong in my eyes she's one of my top favorite actresses Mm. just questioning though why when this film is set in mexican folklore do they not cast a Latinx woman in the lead role. It seemed like a perfect opportunity to be more inclusive, especially in 2019, where we're seeing more Black films. So be a perfect opportunity to add more Latinx actors in prominent roles. So Thank you. that I didn't get. And it, it jarring, it took me out of it, because I'm thinking, well, okay, I know she's white, but her kids are clearly of, of Latin origin. Yeah, because the father was like... like yeah. Hey, yeah. And so I'm like, why do they do that? So it just it didn't make sense <laughs> to me. <laughs> but um, that that's that's in the film is just you know it's fine. So let me ask you this: if if mm-hmm. you had your pick of Latina to do this film, because well, I have a similar issue with this film, they yeah. could be alive or dead, actually. So I would say Justin Mach- Justina Machado for one day at a time. I thought would have been great in this okay. role. Okay, I love that She's show. A, Another great, one of my favorite actresses. Um, I think Lauren Vallis would have been really great in this role as well. I mean, that's also my point. Like, this would have been a great opportunity to give more roles to Latina actresses who are not, you know, Jennifer Lopez, who are not marquee names. Yeah, like, I would... Maybe she's a little busy with the Cloud Superstore, but America Ferreira would have been a good uh, film. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm, yes. Perfect. But, yeah, I, I took the same issue. Uh, I think the film overall... Minus jump scare and stupidity. There was a lot of moments where you're just like, mm-hmm. really? I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll wait for spoilers, but there, there's a couple moments where it just, it was so dumb, it's not believable. So <laughs> it definitely takes you out of it. There is a huge scene that I missed because of like 
a family reunion. Like, I didn't time out my bathroom break correctly. So, like, um, <laughs> to go to the bathroom right when, um, what's her name, Anna? Right when Anna's going to meet, so I forget his character, Father, or was it just Raphael? Raphael. So I missed that whole exchange. So you got to play devil's advocate to what you're saying about Latina representation. And I think, especially with Blumhouse, uh, maybe they're they're jarred. People might remember or not remember a film called Paranormal Activity Ones. Oh, <laughs> the best sequel in the whole franchise. And <laughs> <laughs> um, which people failed to show up. This film, I'm happy to report, the large majority of people that went to watch it were Latino. So I think maybe the movie gets a pass on that aspect. Because it did gross $26 million last weekend. I don't normally look at numbers or quote them, but I wanted this movie to know. For your own selfish, at least you're honest. <laughs> the nun, right? A lot of people are jarred by that, and they're like, oh, that wasn't nothing. But still performed financially well. So there will be a, a nun, too. Yeah. That's the Blumhouse model. Spend seven to ten million dollars, earn twenty-seven to thirty opening week. And that's it's simple. Yeah. And it's like um they're making hand over fist. I wish it worked out for Happy Death Day too. We'll hold that one close to the vest. I don't care what people say haters gonna hate. It was a good film <laughs> <to name it>. uh, <laughs> But uh, what were your thoughts? Um, let's see. Uh okay. So I thought I was gonna have the whole back row to myself. She gets into her personal feelings first. Yes, let me, let me just throw it out here. Okay, so the seat next to me was empty, and then the seat over was this couple, and they drove me nuts. Literally every single, like, if it was, like, a little, like, like creaking door or, or a little something-something going on in the film, oh, my gosh, hold me. Like, that just drives me nuts. Like, if you're going to be like that, <sighs> stay home and watch Scooby-Doo or something. And how old were they? Was this, like, their first horror movie? Oh, uh, they probably look like late teens, maybe early 20s, but I want to say, like, 18. Ugh, gross. So old enough. in front of me getting overly excited during the Annabelle preview. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys can't handle the trailer. I don't know what you're doing at a full piece of film right now. <laughs> but I, just, I was just like, like, if it was just like a little like, like, she's like, oh my God, hold me. And I was just like, okay. And then there was, like, loud-ass high school kids, like, a couple rows in front of us. And I was just like, oh, it's going to be like this tonight. Okay. So that was just, <laughs> so that drove me nuts. But anyways, like, the film, <sighs> I agree with everything y'all all had to say about the film. I agree, like, 100%. My issue with it, it was just, I feel like there was so much potential to it, and it just kind of fell short. And I feel like that started exactly. it started becoming more of an issue with some of the newer like Conjuring Universe films. Like they're like built up to have such promise. And so I don't know if maybe they're like starting to like hit their little like dry spell, like their slump. I don't know what's going on, but I just I knew I went to seeing this film with high hopes. And I plus I didn't know that it was part of the Conjuring series. Like a couple days, and people were like, "Oh, I'm going to rate my my Conjuring Universe films like from the best to the worst." And like people had this movie on, and I'm like, "Oh, I didn't know that, but now I know." <laughs> now let me ask you, you and Brandon both, do you not think 
outside of your horror database, just everyday business. That is not genius. I think it's, it's a... Like, oh, sorry. For the people who have no clue that this is connected to the Conjuring universe, even though it says it on the poster, people aren't reading it. And then it's... You see that everyone else is talking about it, and then they give you that little snippet, which... I, I guess we'll go into spoilers now. Um, there are two Annabelle Easter eggs in the film. And so when you see that Annabelle is in this film, it's like, all right, well, do I go and watch Annabelle? That's about the people that don't know it's connected. Because then you just sold an, another auxiliary market ticket. Hmm. Let's see. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to process. I, I just, I don't know why I didn't miss that was part of the contract. Like, I mean, I've seen the previews. I've seen the poster. And I just, for some reason, it just didn't dawn on me, like, dawn on me that it was part of it. But I like it. I like that it is part of it because it kind of shows, like, diversity and all that stuff. Like, it's something different. But then it goes back to, there's a cash grab. Because it's like, hey, we're missing this whole market. Let's do something to rope them in. Even though I'm pretty sure the never had an instance with the Weeping Woman. And it's like, this is the way to get Latino people who predominantly go to the films to mm. be now invested in the films. Because then you can go back and watch all the other movies. True. <clears throat> I'm a good it makes a good business strategy. Yeah, it definitely yeah, is. 100% like, it, that's what it is. Like, it could go both ways, for real. I mean, it's just... Uh. So, for me, I'm, like, sitting here, because, like I said, I did not know that it was a part of it. And for the people who do catch that, I feel like it's it's exactly that. It's just a genius way to... It's almost a genius way to market yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, it... Because... Even because you gotta remember, uh, I think aren't they making another Annabelle movie, or are they made one? Yeah, it's coming out. Comes home this yeah. Yes. So with that leading, with that coming out soon, that means that they're gonna be like, hold on, I've seen that Dawn some trailer or whatever it may be. Then they're gonna go back and they're gonna start studying this stuff. They'll become obsessed with it, and then next, you know, they're sitting there facial on their keyboard and trying to find everything they can about it. That gets you a new dedicated fan. It's it's absolute just just pure awesome. I want to be like that one day. It's it's that smart. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, especially for uh, I think that's his name. Um, you know, he's directing in The Conjuring Three, so like he's just planted his little seed, develop people for a turnout for him to take the helm for a bigger franchise. I mean, it's all the same franchise, but you know what I mean. Yeah. The Conjuring's the moniker of the franchise. Is for the third one yet, have they? Nope. I keep just, seeing, uh, like, art, just a teaser artwork. Yeah, I keep seeing like different things, so I'm not sure like which is like is legit or not. But there's something, there's some danger coming with. Oh, I'm sorry, Greg. No, there's some danger coming with like spinning off all these 
different elements from the Conjuring universe because at some point you're just going to dilute the, the premise overall. I mean, Fatigue. we have, yeah, we have the new Annabelle coming out. There's going to be a nun sequel. I think they just announced. There's going to be um, the uh, the the skinny guy from the Annabelle too. I forget. The, the crooked, crooked man. man. Yeah, the crooked crooked man. And I'm sure with the success, the curse of the weeping widow. Gonna be a sequel to that at some point as well. Hmm. Yeah, I, I would be interested to in. see if they can pull off the Marvel touch. What they're working towards, right? Yes. Yeah. Maybe some big in-game uh, conjuring <laughs> in like another four years or so. I, I don't know what they would call that. Annabelle coming home. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the preview looks like. <laughs> That's what the preview looks like. How about that? Huh, I like that. Um, now I do have a question. There'll be tons of questions at the end. <laughs> no, I'm just, no, I'm just saying like... I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, I can't stand you. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, so you think like with this film, like, focusing on, like, a, like, a, a Latin, like, urban legend, you think maybe they're going to do, like, a, something that focus with, like, African American urban legend, or you, or, like, what do y'all think? You think there might be a chance, or they're just going to do something else? I don't I hope not. know if there's any African American folklore that it's, like, urban legend material. Or was the Bunny Man? Maybe he was African American. The who? The Bunny Man. There was a maybe somewhere between New York and Virginia. I'm just gonna give myself that that nice landscape. <laughs> there was a escaped convict that was like crazy, and he would kill bunnies along the way. I mean, he was murdering people, but killing bunnies too. Dang. And that's how I got the. Uh, <laughs> He may have been it's out in there. Virginia. Okay, sort of see, Virginia. Not one of those states. <laughs> I never heard of that. You can Google. <laughs> uh, was he African American? Uh, that I don't see. He might have been. I just haven't gotten to that part yet. Okay. I'm stretching as usual. That's my thing. Uh, but that's. I mean, if you guys know another urban legend. I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, there's Candyman, but that's a whole different. That's we already got, we already got Candyman. Yeah, I'm about to say, we already got all that. Blood. Huh. Or Book of Blood. I said that wrong. Sorry. But if you guys heard right. that, there's three volumes of it. They're all pretty good. Check it out. Yeah, I can't. I don't think I ever heard of a. Maybe there's a whole bunch of them we just haven't seen, like, heard of them. Um, but then it's, again, how do you... Well, for example, if for whatever reason, there was a way to get into the Conjuring universe. Or, you know, it can't. No. Because you know uh, what a lot of people's issue is with this film? Okay. Is, jump scares, right? The same thing with the nun, the jump scares. Yeah. Uh, not enough people being murdered. But um, I think some of that, whether it's intentional or not, 
plays true to what the Warrens were investigating. You know, there were hauntings, quote unquote. And like, you don't always catch everything. Not all the time. You went there because someone was murdered and then you go and investigate and it turns out to be nothing or explainable. Or you went through it and the house is clear now. Because that's the thing that I think people forget about The Conjuring. It's hauntings. Most hauntings aren't serial killers. Like even current current day when people can say that their house is haunted. You can live in a haunted house and maybe a ghost is just slamming a door or scaring the shit out of you in a mirror. But that's pretty much it. So uh, back to Devin's point, I think, is that that's where you might get the fatigue. Because people are looking for like, hey, let's murder these like, yeah. <laughs> that cigarette burn is not cutting it for me. All right, you need to dig deeper. <laughs> um, but let's 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 rewind it a little bit. So, Linda Cardellini plays Anna, and her late husband was a Mexican police officer. I don't know if that was even necessary for this story because if you're going to in the arm, oh, sorry, an Italian descent woman in the uh, lead role, and the kids don't look like they recognize their heritage at any point in the film. There's no point in mentioning the dead father that doesn't ever appear on camera, unless there's something on the cutting room floor that, that would make more sense. No, that, that fact was just kind of there. Yeah, I mean, I... And, yeah, I mean, that's... I don't get why they did that. I, I think maybe they had to have some, like, close connection to this floor and, and tied to uh, Mexican culture. But, again, why not just cast a Mexican-American actress or Mexican actress in the lead role? You know, Mexican, she's Colombian, but I saw her in this film back in, like, 04, called Maria Full of Grace. Uh, oh, good movie. You Although. Her name's Catalina something. I want to say wine mixer because of fucking stepbrothers. <laughs> but, um, so recently, not recently, but she was in at The Devil's Door as well. She played Lee in that film. Um, I think she would have been great. She's probably at Mother. Uh, I do think it's a big miss to agree with you, Devin. There they just should have been. I get it. You don't want to shoot the whole film you put it in L.A., which technically used to be Mexico. I don't know the whole folklore either, so <laughs> I don't know if La Llorona can cross the border and whatnot, or if the half-Mexican children are the way that she can come into the United States. Like, obviously, they spent no time on that at all. Yeah. Yeah. And most of the movie takes place in the house, so they're prop- they're obviously, there's obviously a budget constraint there as well. Which is why I thought I would love this movie. I... Look, not in a house, a basement, a warehouse, um, a prison cell, a cube. Um, all my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that threw me off. I have not seen those movies. I have not seen those movies, and I own the first one, and I have not seen it yet. What? Is uh, I remember it was like Showtime late night one day, and I saw uh, the prequel. And and we're in that aspect of the prequel, you know, they have to make older designs, so it looks a little dated. 
and then it's like I realized prequel is not the first one. Like it only got better from there. But anyway, I'm gonna check it out. Yes, and then let me know what you thought about it. And then, what did you guys think about Save the Last Dance, Sean Patrick Thomas as Detective Cooper? I, I don't know if his character made any difference in the film whatsoever. I was excited to see him. I was too. I mean, he doesn't age. Um, he really doesn't. There. Yeah. <laughs> but man, I want him in a good horror movie. I mean, between this and Halloween Resurrection, I need mean, a horror movie. Poor guy. Um, I, I agree with you, Craig. <laughs> I, I guess the uh, I guess Anna needed another character who wasn't connected to the events. Of, I guess I don't bounce some things off on, but his his character was just pretty pointless. But I I enjoyed watching him. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it was good to see him in the film. Cause I was thinking like, oh. Maybe he's going to help them, like, defeat, like, La Lorena or something like that. Like, I thought he was going to help them out, but no. He was like, I, I promise your... Because he was talking... He's like, I promise your father I'll take care of y'all. I'm like, okay, he's about to help them out. Uh-uh. Nah, he disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was not in the third act, which, again, doesn't make sense. Yeah, you're not protecting them by not being there. So... It is, uh, um, I don't, uh, I forgot that he had Halloween on his record, too. That's, that's a damn shame. But he was great in Save the Last Dance. I never heard yeah. And the Barbershop Trilogy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. yes. So he, yeah. he can do well. It's just, he, um, um, it's leading up to it. I think. Yeah. And he was in Cruel Intentions is the time where I realized they're just acting. And I was like, man, I do not like this character in Cruel Intentions. And then, uh, no, he was in, um, he was in um, um, Dracula 2000. Was he? Yeah, uh, he was a bad guy. Oh, crap, he was. I could have watched Yay. that movie. So it's like, I don't know which came first, Dracula 2000 or Save the Last Dance. Right around then, it was uh, it was uh, where I was like, oh yeah, I like this guy. Definitely like this guy. And then Halloween, uh, Barbershop probably came around the same time too. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember his whole thing. He had that cameo in that, another teen movie. Like, oh yeah. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you will know exactly what I'm talking about out there. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, why. <laughs> um, anyway, let's look. Man, tangents today. <laughs> so, a social worker who is, her children are, no, she has a patient. I don't know what you call it, a client. She has a mother that is under her social worker care. And her kids have gone missing from, says this. So she goes up to check. And she discovers that, or she assumes that the mother is drinking again, which I thought that was a little outlandish. Like, from the time she opens the door, she seems very coherent. It isn't like, you know, I'm not sure if you guys have ever seen alcoholic or just a drunk person. It's like that. 
was going on there. And it's like the I don't know if she's just like, I'm not gonna believe her, get the benefit of the doubt. She's just drunk. And then she goes <laughs> and she laughs. And then when she gets kids off and there's eyeballs all over it, um, or protection wards, I forget what they're really called. Um, you know there's something deeper going on, and I don't know why she just doesn't ask, what's going on? Who's for the children? Because even later, after she semi-rescues the children, the children also say, or she says, who did this to you? Like, she did it. And, uh, and no, our mother did it. And she doesn't dig any deeper. And I think like, social workers are supposed to. No, that was my problem with the movie. So that's the thing is that when it comes to an interviewing aspect, that's called a follow-up question. If someone mm-hmm. says, who did what? She did it. Who is she? Like, that's that's the next that's question just, I would ask. That's what makes right. sense to me. I was like, who did this to you? That person did it. Who is that person? Insert name. Who who the hell is insert name? Give a description. Like, there's so many follow-up questions that are yeah. so mm-hmm. much. It should have just, like, right. automatically came out, like, word vomit or something. Like, boom. Like, common sense. Yeah. Like, nobody in this movie like the kids would see something terrifying and they would keep it to themselves and not tell their mother and mother did the same thing and that was my problem with Annabelle creation too so fuck that I was like, oh, fuck <laughs> I'm in the same boat I'm in the same boat <laughs> like oh gosh they, they save all crafty writing and directing for the actual Conjuring films and it's I don't say amateur school but it's just it's inferior product with this that's fine. I, feel, I feel there the same way. And then, you know, of course, the kicker obviously is, is when a uh, CPS worker doesn't realize her own children have been abused. Um, it's enough to get reported. Right. So I'm just like, come on. I don't, I don't, whatever. Because <laughs> those were pretty big burn marks or whatever. Yeah, burn marks. I mean, she shouldn't yeah. notice that. How many kids are wearing long sleeve shirts? Exactly. Done. <laughs> and she's giving her daughter baths every night. You would have thought she would have known to say. And what was was that one scene she left her bathtub by herself while she's <laughs> downstairs? And yeah. the little girl <laughs> screams upstairs. The little girl screams upstairs, and then she really slowly, and it takes her a minute to run upstairs. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's talk about yeah. it. So, it's like, at that point, you're like, yeah, she deserves to be on watch, right? <laughs> like, yeah. She deserves to have these kids taken away from her. Um, again, I'm, I'm curious as to what could have happened. Uh, the, I know the writing team on this film, or the same writing team from that uh, Five Feet Apart film, which if you haven't seen it, about mm. um, whatever disease they had. Cystic <laughs> fibrosis? Yes. It is sad. What's that? I didn't mean to laugh. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know that movie was put together really well, and maybe it just helped because it was a real life person. No, that that couldn't be it because this is a real life urban legend. So I don't know what the disconnect is. 
Yeah. I there were a couple of cool scenes. I love by the pool. That was, I guess, good. Um, I love Raymond Cruz's character. Someone told me that the director of this film did that in a music video. Like, he just recycled the same thing. Oh, yeah, you're right. I did hear about that. Uh, I didn't hear about this. What? Um, he did you know, it. It was from a thing called MTV. They played music videos. <laughs> there are people that don't know MTV played music videos, though. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Music television. <coughs> it's not yeah. about 16 and pregnant. Yeah, I know. Teen mom television. <laughs> I just saw a commercial the other day. Like, they have Teen Mom, the new class. Yeah, what the hell is like, that? <laughs> why? Why? Why is MTV not at every school giving out condoms? Every time <laughs> someone submission tape, they should get a free year birth control or fixed uh, and neutered. Bob yeah. Gosh. I think we we derailed again. Oh. But back to La Rona or whatever, weeping woman with whatever. <laughs> All right. Um. So as this conversation is gone. This movie is a mess. That is the, the general summation. Um, I don't can, I, can, I, can I just mention about one scene really quick here, too? <laughs> the, little, the little girl, the, the seven-year-old girl who... I don't... I don't... Kids, is that too old to be playing with dolls? I don't know. But she, the doll is outside the house. Oh. She's going to grab it. <laughs> what, what are you doing? Your life... Danger right now. This is stuffed animal. What are you doing? Like, don't worry. I'm not gonna mess it up. And then you they know, do a fake out, and it's the uh, the other mother. And it's, it's, shut up, lie your right now. Just shut up. Ah, yeah, some I'm not way. a parent at all, so I feel confident in saying this. And me, if that was my kid, I would have kicked her out the fucking door. There was yeah. no no. I'm just trying to pull her back in. You've done it. You're gone. Yeah. Like I will buy you a new dolly. Okay, it's okay. Right. Easter egg was that she had a raggedy hand doll. Yeah. Yep. So I'm assuming that's going to come full circle this summer, or they're going to revisit it again. Brandon, I'm going to watch Lord of the Rings before I watch this movie again. So. <laughs> oh. You said that. I'm gonna find a way to make this happen. <laughs> this movie's a hot ass mess. Yeah. <laughs> I, I that we are all fine with never seeing this movie again. Uh, if you're dying to see it in the theaters, I would say don't do it. Wait for video or for your friend to fire stick it. Nope, I shouldn't say that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't download movies illegally. Also. You're not gonna get anything if you don't see this movie. If you've seen The Conjuring, you've seen this film. It was just better. That's all. There's so many things they lifted from The Conjuring, and I also thought the using was the same house that was used in um, Insidious because it was structured the same way. But oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Fucking name for house. You know, between this and Thriller, I'm a little annoyed. Oh, don't get me started on Thriller. Do not start. No. Mm -mm. (laughs) I figured out 
because after you guys talked about it, I caught up. And Thriller is this year's truth or dare. Like, they realized what they did wrong last year. And they're like, we're going straight to video this time, and we'll see if it works. It didn't work, but at least they didn't worry about the theatrical release. Yeah. That's what I think. I do. This year, they'll have a, another horrible one, maybe on YouTube. <laughs> you might as well just release it as a YouTube short film used with no budget. Yep. Well, I'm, sh- I'm sure they made money with... They probably bought the movie for, I'm guessing, I don't know, 50 bucks, and then they made a $150 million deal with Netflix to distribute this film. They made I'm sure, but it's like, you hope for that, like, slice last year. Great mm-hmm. film. Did not expect it. Probably a cult classic forever, or a stoner classic for sure. I would uh, love that movie. Uh, <laughs> this did not... I'm, I'm good. <laughs> like I said, it reminded me of like when BET around Halloween time used to have all those BET originals. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I mean, I'm just being honest. Sure. Yeah. Slice a lot. I think, I mean, I think it was like a few drinks in when I started to watch it. So I have to like rewatch it when I'm not a few drinks. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to be, though. I think that's perfect movie drinking. <clears throat> All right, so, oh, any other final thoughts in the, the Curse of La Llorona? Uh, don't think it. That's all. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> the movie could be a mess. All right, so, long as we're on the subject, uh, Legends. Um, let's let's derail a little bit away from Mexican urban legends, and let's go. Oh, we have this era where urban legends have grown into creepy process. Um, with those of you listening, and don't know, I'm too old. But basically, <laughs> choose your own adventure, make your own urban legend, and see if people on Reddit like it. Essentially. It's actually pretty accurate. Yeah, so it's it's giving people the opportunity to be more engaging, but I think the reason why the urban legend moniker is because we obviously know it's made up. This isn't like uh, how many of you guys were scared to eat Pop Rocks or someone thought they were going to get a nail in their Coke or, you know... Uh, there's a dead body on your hotel mattress. These are kind of gone. Man, people used to be stupid. Yeah. Well, I think that that's where our technology because mm. now we know, like, oh, I can figure this out in a couple seconds. Between Google and YouTube, I'll, I'll learn if it's true or not. Mm. Or I guess no. Between that news source. With this being said, the reason I'm giving you this intro is because I want to talk about movies that were inspired by urban legends. Before we start the show, you guys came up with some films you wanted to talk about. Let's start with what you consider a Crusher's on Ash, because you're going to go first. Yes. Like uh, always. <laughs> urban legend. 
in um, cinematic history. Should I just like talk about my two movies that I picked, or just like when we start with the good? Let's start with the good. Let's let everyone let's everyone do the good, and I think the bad is where we're gonna have the fun with this. Alrighty. Um. So for me, I, I chose the the myth slash urban legend is there's a, there's several titles. So like the babysitter or the man upstairs. So. Mm-hmm. The film I chose was When a Stranger Calls. So you have the 1979 version, and then you have the 2006 remake. No. And, if you, and if you don't have, have, like, the... If you don't know, like, the premise of it, so pretty much, uh, like, a high school-age girl, she's babysitting, and she starts receiving mysterious phone calls from a guy, like, from a stranger saying, like, have pecked on the children. And so... While she's receiving these phone calls, the children are there in their room sleeping. So throughout the whole night, she keeps receiving these phone calls, having checked the children, and she's just like, what's going on? Like, she thinks it's a prank call. So she decides to call the police, and the police wants her to try to keep the person online on the phone for, like, 30 seconds so that way they can trace the call. And they're able to trace the call, and the calls are coming from the house. The mystery is like, where is this person hiding? Like, what the hell is going on? Um, so she calls like the nineteen, like the original version. It's like the most well-known opening scenes in any. Craven who paid homage to it in the opening scene for Scream and it's just everybody knows about the whole opening scene of film. I mean, no lie, like, it creeped me out. Like, it was, like how can I get creeped out by that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so my question for yeah. you is, did you ever see Carol Kane in When a Stranger Calls Back? <laughs> no lie, I have not seen that yet. I, it's, I, it's one of my favorites. I'm gonna say it was on Prime and um, Christmas. Yeah, it may it's on Prime now. It's, oh, on, right it's, now it's on Prime. Yeah, I'm okay. so glad you brought that up. Right, that it's actually one of the rare sequels that's better than the original. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that, that out. Cause like it's... with with the first like when the like the first like the original one. I mean awesome and then it's just like I remember I got kind of bored with the rest of the film I'm just like oh y'all gonna hype me up like this. that's it <laughs> like I got bored so I've only seen the original I've seen the remake I have not seen the sequels so definitely gonna check it out I'm gonna check out when the stranger calls back yeah yeah I'm definitely gonna check it out since you say it's on prime um and I remake was was pretty good i remember watching it and it freaked me out i was scared to go home i was scared to babysit i'm like hell no uh uh-uh. uh-uh. but i mean i i enjoyed the i mean not sequel but i, I enjoyed the the remake did, did you enjoy it more than the original i would have to go with yes because with the original i got bored mm. 
I were trying to do with it, but I just, I got bored with it. Maybe I should like, maybe I should take the time to like revisit it and maybe like with me being older, I can appreciate it more. Because I feel like that goes with like any movie, like maybe you didn't like it at first, like, but when you start watching, you learn to appreciate it. But with the remake, I did appreciate it. I, I liked it a lot. Not Mexican, but she's some type of Spanish. She's probably also mother age that could have taken Linda's spot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <that's cool>. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Do not let it go. <laughs> no. I mean, I really have Devin to thank for that, but it, 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 it just lined up sometimes. I'll pipe down. Yeah, it was with my choice. It's going to, um, it goes along with like my my uh, my next choice when we start talking about like the bad the bad like movies like with the related to the urban legend they're actually related in some way. Okay. Brandon, would you care to regale us? Okay, so the movie I picked was well, it's a series of movies, but um, Boogeyman. Um, now, for those of you that don't know, uh, well, hopefully you know this urban legend. Boogeyman is essentially the monster that hides underneath your bed, flash in it, and uh, yeah, he'll come and kill you, so on and so forth. Um, so in this movie, you have a man where he's fathered by the boogeyman. I tell people, and no one believes him. So in his adult age, he goes absolutely freaking bonkers and starts doing stuff to make that way. There's no so all his clothes are in like drawers uh, I do think in the movie they, he put his mattress on the floor and he takes out all closets that he had uh, um, so then later on as the story continues you see people in, you see people that died in the psychiatric ward um, things of that sort and a, a girl and like hey you know there's something in the ceiling it, I think it's the boogeyman and it continues going like that now the reason why I uh, you know, I will be the first one to say it. The the movie did not have the best time at the box office. Um, this first movie, it's a show movie. The first movie did not have a good time at the box office, but it was obviously good enough to inspire two more movies. Um, but the, the one thing that uh, I call this a good representation is because within the movie, like everyone always says, is that the boogeyman is powered off. the off you believe me it, it it's gonna take whatever more terrifying things like that um and that has been continued i think it still is passed down through generations um and it's something that that the movie was able to portray in a great manner with what form the boogeyman takes the fact that you barely get to see him and you know he's not primarily takes kids kids are the ones that you know give him power so it all makes sense and that's the one why this is good because it makes that, that that's really all we ask for keep it trying to keep true to that urban legend while twisting it a little bit to make it you know uh hollywood worthy and they did a great job with that with these three movies so i'll have to be honest with you i i'm not aware of these movies 
mother film until you got into the part with his father dying because the 80s film is definitely based on a woman because all 80s films are based on women um, <laughs> but I'm going to have to check this out now I, I missed it in all of its uh, glory I've seen the first two but I haven't seen is this the one when they're like in the psych ward the sec- yes the second one does Ooh, take place in a psych ward that one fucked me up <laughs> first time watching it I was like never again never I'm good but my husband was in it so I'm good I'm happy so oh boy who's your point. husband <laughs> sorry why'd sorry. I get so weak um, um David Gallagher aka Simon from 7th Heaven yeah he is in it yep Sport. Spoiler alert, he was the first one to get killed. Hey, continue. Damn. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Oh, it, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> you just ruined it. Seventh Heaven was my favorite TV show. Now I'm not going to watch them die. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, it, I think it's very interesting that, one, I we're going to talk about a completely different movie. But... plays very close and I'm sure that there are other characters but I'm just going to go ahead and name the most notable boogeyman who would be for he thrives on your fear he comes at you at night same principle premise but just another incarnation of the so I think that's cool now I have three what 2000s 90s films to watch (laughs) yeah yeah so now I'll check it out Devin my urban legend is Bloody Mary this is the uh, the ritual of going into a dark room or a dim room maybe with some candles usually with a couple of friends and reciting her name I always thought it was uh, five times you say her name but it's actually times you say her name and she's supposed to appear in the mirror and some legends say she'll kill you instantly uh, glass around you but she brings some type of havoc in your life and this is famously adapted into the candy man Tony Todd fairly simple fairly similar uh, ritual where you go into a dark room you say his name I believe Times in the movie, I can't remember. Yeah, you say his name. Okay, you say his name three times, and he's going to appear behind you with a hook in his hand and take your life. With um, people not taking a, a, a historical ritual seriously and meeting their demise, some havoc in their lives because of their lack of belief. So that's my good idea. That's my good uh, urban legend. Uh, I'm so delighted that you did not say like Urban Legends Bloody Mary or Bloody Mary through movie. We're going to tie into it. (laughs) Um, I try to erase those movies from memory. (laughs) I'm just going to stick with Candyman. And actually, just the first two Candymans I'm going to stick with. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the third one? Uh, yes, no. I've seen all three. Okay. Um, you know, I just think that... Uh, they tried to make it too modern when there was no need. Yeah. Like, he could exist at any point. We don't need to be like, hey, we need everyone. Everyone made this mistake in the 90s with their franchises. They were like, we need people to know it's the 90s in real time. <laughs> and you can go back. Hellraiser did the same shit. <laughs> I always wanted Hellraiser 3 to continue from the very five minutes of Hellraiser 3 into a part four. The rest of the other hour and 28 minutes, fuck it. The test of time whatsoever. But they did not. Oh, actually, if you guys ever read the Hellraiser comic books, there is where they did pick up from part three. And the uh, they used the building as the cube. So you for my good, I, I decided to not be woven. What did Robert Cross say? The path less walked. Travel. Oh, sounds smooth at all. <laughs> yes, travel. <laughs> American literature. Love that guy. <laughs> um, mine would be just combination of art plus urban legend. I, I preface that because you guys are going to cringe a little when I say it. Uh-oh. But the Blair Witch Project. It is a great testament to how uh, urban legend of a witch can be made up via the power of internet in a matter of months. And everything's complete bullshit. But it plays on our naiveness of going onto the internet for facts. You know, for a long time, you couldn't trust Wikipedia. For a long time, things would go viral that weren't even true, just based off our ignorance. And that's kind of like the root of all urban legends. For the most part, none of this shit has ever happened. And we just keep passing it down like it's Bible. And there's no reason to. So for those of you who don't know, in Maryland, three film students travel to a student film about an urban legend, the Blair Witch, and somewhere along the hike, one of my favorite lines in this film is like, they're, they're lost looking for the Blair Witch and they can't find anything, and then um, they say something along the lines of check the map, and he's like, what map? It's like, the fucking map, the creek. <laughs> uh, I, I lose my shit every time I watch because <laughs> it's like I know what that fucking frustration is like leave me alone the map didn't work two minutes ago it's not gonna work now um, so it's just a little bit of real life seeping in there uh, and you know they quote unquote find bitch and meet their demise and then this just I forget how much money the movie grossed people to this film and it was just like it's complete bullshit but everyone watched it based on the fact that we thought it was real I'm sorry I feel like I'm from a theater standpoint uh, while it was in its theatrical run it, it grossed 140 million 41 million 
121 million off of just whatever WordPress was called in 1996. Whatever used to make web pages. And that's it. Just three students having to go. Um, So I think that that's definitely one of my better urban legends uh, throughout history because it wasn't, it didn't even, it was a media format of an urban legend. It wasn't even hearsay, like traditional hearsay. Do you guys remember chain mail? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that yes. exists in emails with Nigerian princes now. The real U.S. mail, people would send you chain letters. And if you didn't do exactly what it said, you would suffer the consequences. I miss those days. I feel like even if I could have started now, no one would check their fucking mail. <laughs> Send this to 40 year friends now or your cat dies yesterday. You check it two months later. So, uh, that. Uh, so let's hear a bit of the bad. What are some of the more not so well known or discovered or talked about publicized interpretations of the films? We're going to go in reverse order with Devin. My pick bad or lesser known. Ash is still your turn. (laughs) 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 You took your hand get off. Oh no, I was just waiting for it. I was all excited. (laughs) No, I mean it's fine. Whoever wants to go can go. It's all it's all up to Devin. Go ahead, Ash. Okay, so like I said before, mine is pretty much similar to um, on a stranger call. I'm gonna go with Black Christmas, Um, the 1974 version. I freaking love it. It's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. I watch it nonstop around Christmas time. Greg, you need to start doing that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But that's not my bad. 2000 remake is bad. Okay. All right. So I want to distinguish between the two because I don't even consider that one in the. I remember they did not have the rights to it. So if you no. have an original copy, it should say Black Xmas. Like yeah. They didn't. It was loose interpretation. Yeah, they changed. Yeah, they yeah they pretty much changed it to like it's a loose remake. Yeah. But. It's, Pretty much the Yeah, thank you. So, in the premise, um, it's just like there's um, sorority like vacation, and the sorority sisters are getting these disturbing phone calls. They don't know what's going on. Come to find out. And he's just taking them out one by one by one. Pretty cool concept, right? Okay. My problem with this, all right, <laughs> uh, you know, you know me. I love a good gore fest. I love blood, guts, all that stuff. I love, but this movie just kind of went too far with some of this stuff. Like with the back background story of the killer, just yeah. <laughs> get Billy. Yeah, it just that was a little too ri- much. Are you talking about the original or the remake? Uh, in the remake. I'm, oh, okay. I love the original. The original is not bad at all. Okay. I'll go a little more. But, like, 
even though this is like a loose remake, but I just, my problems with this one, I just felt like they didn't need to do like if they could have just kept it like the simple, there's mysterious, disturbing phone calls coming from the house. You don't know who the killer is. That would be awesome. But just like what Grace said, they didn't own the rights to it. So maybe that's why they added all the background story to it. Yeah, there's too many flashbacks. It was like Billy at age two, then Billy at eight, and then like eight years. This guy goes through puberty. And yeah. One flashback, fucked up family, let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was just, just some of the stuff in that movie. I'm like, oh, goodness gracious. Like, you didn't have to do all that. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, it goes along with, like, a stranger call, like, the mysterious phone calls. And I didn't know that um, there was actually, I can't talk today, um, there were kind of some killings going around back in um, Canada that was similar to it. Mm. Like At the same around, time this movie was shot? No, this was like back in the 40s. Oh. Yeah, so like back before like these films came out. Never mind. Um, I was like, this movie just got interesting. Right, <laughs> no. <laughs> but like pretty much like back in like what's that i'm reading from, from like this source november 17th 1943 um i believe it was a yeah montreal murder so a 14 year old used a baseball bat and killed his killed his mother and attempted to kill the other members of the household so that's kind of like a little bit i don't know, i don't see how that's like inspiration to the film because it's nothing. It's nothing similar. I don't know because like it was set in Canada, and the films are like set not like the film itself, but the filming filming took place in Canada. I don't know, but like I was doing research about it, and that that article popped up. So I might do a little research and see the whole story behind all that. But. Yeah, my my bad film would be the remake or the loose remake of Black Xmas. So, um, good representation of a stranger in the house when a stranger calls. Bad representation is Black Xmas. Yes. Got it. See, we, ya. Brandon, in any language you choose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do this whole thing in Chinese. I could, but I'm not going to. Um, so my representation of a bad urban legend in terms of movies and such is the Slender Man movie. We're talking Slender Man uh, 2018. That's when it came out. Um, so for those of you that don't know, Slender Man's been around since probably as fucking Reddit. Um <laughs> Slenderman is almost kind of like the boogeyman in, in certain references. Now, the way it was started was um, they had a competition. They're, they were like, you have to draw the most scariest thing you get, that's paranormal. And then this came up. And, excuse me, um, 
And so essentially what the Slender Man looks like is he's a very, very uh, tall, thin man. And he has really, really, really long arms. Like, your arms shouldn't be that long arms kind of arms. <laughs> um, and some people call them tentacles, but he can extend them to capture whatever he's trying to chase. Um, he has a white featureless face. Um, he wears a he, he wears suit and he wears a suit and tie. It just imagine that. Just uh, first of all, he has to get his his suits tailored if his arms are that long because nothing's going to really fit. Um, as long as I, I got my suit and tie. I'm sorry. <laughs> so that just happened. Um, and. The reason why he's so scary is because it, apparently when you have some, you're in some proximity of him, you start feeling extremely paranoid. You'll start vomiting. You'll start seeing stuff. Things get freaking weird. And one of the Slender Man games I've played, it's like your screen goes all staticky and creepy. Um, Any hoozles, I digress. Um, now, with the movie, first of all, they did it really weird because you have these four kids and they summon, you can't see my air quotes, the Slender Man. Uh, and never, like in all my years of hearing about this stuff, never heard that part of the legend. Um, and then Slender Man starts snatching people up. Um, and there's specifically two of the friends where they have contact and that's what happens. They start vomiting. They start going and that that was um, one of the effects that the movie added was um, one of the kids is like, don't open your eyes. If you see him, he will make you go crazy and mad and psychotic. Um, and that happened. And one of the kids was driven insane. Uh, I like that touch on it. The main problem is this. They, they painted out this, this image of a man. And you, it, it the movie was so bad with what the slender man is because most of the time when just from the things i've read i've i've been very um with the things i've read the slender man will literally just drive you mad he drives you nuts he's not trying to snatch you up and kill you he wants to make you go absolutely insane and question everything you do um so in this movie when i see you know that the kids just getting snatched up i'm like Come on, y'all could have done a way, way better job. There was so much more they could do with the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much, just because, I mean, once again, this type of shit. With all the stuff I've read, there's so much that they could have added. They could have shown more people being affected by it, and not just, you know, oh, this happened. It, the movie was very, very dull, very, very just blah. And... Uh, um, you have a good example of, of who did Slender Man, right? And it's not even a freaking movie. It's made by some kid on YouTube. It's a channel called Marvel Hornet. And he literally does like the old school like Blair Witch Project stuff. And, you know, he's rocking around with the camera and it's supposed to make, you know, he's being hunted by Slender Man. And like I said, that's a freaking YouTube channel. So, I mean, they could have done way, way better. Like, extremely much. The, the movie was terrible. Let's just keep it at that. Horrible. Waste of my life, in the words of Devin. So, yeah, that was my <laughs> bad example of <laughs> urban legends. So, I yeah, think it's right. Gray's turn now. 
Is it me or Devin? Uh, I'll go. Um, my ch- my choice for uh, bad urban legend. And this is more. It's not really bad. It's just not well known outside of the East Coast. Is the legend of Cropsey. Cropsey. Cropsey was rumored to be uh, this escaped mental patient who had a hand for hook, and he would uh, uh, kidnap and. Kidnap and murder children. Now, this was a story that a lot of parents told their children just to make them behave, similar to uh, the Weeping, Weeping Widow. Um, but what happened was in the 70s, real murders started happening um, in the, uh, of these young children, and the five children were taken to this abandoned um, mental facility place. And it comes out that there was actually a serial killer who really was kidnapping and murdering children um, and going under the moniker of Cropsey. His name um, his name was Andre Rand, and I believe he's still in prison in Staten Island. Um, a documentary slash uh, acted movie also being Cropsey that you can find pretty much everywhere right now. It was only disappointing for me because I thought it was going to be a straightforward horror film, but it, it turned into uh, a documentary because it has a lot of the footage of the victim's parents. It has a lot of footage of the actual mental facility that show the patients. Uh, the mental facility was actually shut down because they were exposed for abusing the patients. Um, and this is also where the real Cropsey and he abruptly quit right when he started murdering these children. Um, it's, it's a pretty disturbing film. So it's not bad. It's just not well known. Um, I recently, but, but when being, you sent the email, it's like I, that guy, like it was just oh, really? in my travels this past week. And I was like, holy shit, now it's coming. It's like kind of like when you're like, oh, I've never seen that car before. Like Forty the next day. <laughs> yeah, that's my crafty. Yeah, I mean, I, I would compare it to like an East Coast version of, of La Llorona, La Llorona, um, because they have very similar back backstories. Mm, yeah. What about you, Gray? So my. Bad. You have to hear me out. Is that the 1982 film directed by Toby Spielberg? I know there's a lot of controversy as to who really directed that film, but Poltergeist. On the surface, it's, it's a film about a family just haunted by ghosts, and poor Caroline gets taken. But in real life, there's the poltergeist, and it begins with um, what's her name, Dominique Dune, the wise Dana in the film. Her boyfriend essentially murders her. Oh and yeah. It's widely publicized. The trial. And at one point, he says that he tried to perform CPR, but. She vomited and it couldn't clear her airways. Uh, we go on to 
part, the sequel, part two, I forget what the formal name is, Poltergeist 2. <laughs> Let's go with that. Um, the bad guy in the film, Julian Beck, he dies essentially of some type of stomach cancer. Boom, gone. And then we go to part three, where Carol Ann meets her demise with an acute stomach obstruction. So all of these people, when they worked on this film, died of some type of stomach gastrointestinal type thing. I don't know if that's ever been connected before, but you heard it here first, possibly. Uh, as well as there was freak accidents on sets, there was the occurrence of them using real skeletons and knops, so the scenes where you see them fighting in the pool, that's real dead bodies, essentially. Mm. Um, so this film became known, including the remake, because that was a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people have not wanted to return to it. A lot of people talk about it. I know that they were going to make a document, a documentary back in, like, 2014, I want to say, and then that's just come on hold. Uh, you know, the whole thing just seems to have a real-life curse. And who's to say why or what or if it's all just coincidental? I'd say there was a couple more behind-the-scene accidents as well on set. But overall, the movie, for people who've worked on it, has given them all life heebie-jeebies because it's all inexplicable things that have happened. And fun I'm sorry, domestic violence is not fun. But I, I remember back in the day reading that Dominic Dune on one of her other roles, I want to say maybe it was or some show like that back then, like in real life, she had already been beaten up so bad about her boyfriend that she didn't need makeup. So she literally just yeah. went to set as is. Not condoning domestic violence. Uh, it's in any way, shape, or form. I'm just regurgitating what I've knowledge of acquired. Yeah, that was for Hill Street Blues. I remember that. Oh, I'm not that old, but um, I remember hearing about that. <laughs> I mean, I am that old, but not that old. Whatever. Leave me alone. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, good memory, though. Um, so, the reason why poltergeist even comes to mind is because Ash, what movie are you going to see tomorrow? And do you know who has uh, directed the, this film? No. <laughs> what if I said it was a set of brothers? In the law zoned out right now, so no. <laughs> oh, well, all right. Anyone? You know, I don't like questions. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Russo brothers? Yes, the Russo brothers. So, to the powers that be, up to the Russo brothers, and they have been giving uh, carte blanche of what they wanted to work on. And they chose Poltergeist. So the Russo brothers will be remaking the franchise again. No. 
Which leads us to the So, I will give you an example. Um, Russo Brothers are remaking uh, Poltergeist, but it's kind of tricky, right? It didn't work. Uh, which leads me to believe, it's like, how can it work? What do we do? Um, and to me, it comes to the point of, you gotta make it scary again. In the 80s, cable television was fairly new. I remember when we got ours, it wasn't it was much older than we got the television in our house. Um, and it was a monumentous thing. We all crowded around it and watched it and marveled at it, and people tripped over the long-ass cord. And because it weighed like 200 pounds. <laughs> so once it was installed, it was installed. That was it. That's where it was going. Um, but back in the 80s, this was a thing. It's like, oh. People didn't own a television yet. People weren't aware of its capabilities. Technology was really in its embassy stages. Like if you compare like where we were, was that almost 40 years ago to today? Like someone who went in a coma in 1982 and woke up today or like what do you mean you have a phone in your pocket <laughs> the car can drive itself <laughs> uh, uh, you know all these things but anyway so my challenge to you all would be you're good when a stranger calls ash i'm giving you time uh, <laughs> is to damn Like for me, for Poltergeist, you got to make it more so a thing. Like maybe make Carol Ann a little younger. Maybe make her a kid with an iPad that watches YouTube, and then stuff starts happening on my iPad, and it gives you that false sense of security. So you know that's what people do nowadays. Not pointing fingers at any parents listening, but you all know that you've given your kid a cell phone or an iPad had to pass mm -hmm. um, so what if go started talking to your kid through that youtube channel ipad whatever i think that's a uh, tension building type of thing because this is relatable again because everyone does that to their kids versus how many kids sit in front of fucking television anymore most people are like i got my laptop in bed my ipad in my hands my phone no one's watching the television 24 7 anymore Um, you would start with retelling it, and hopefully none of the cast members die for any freakish reason. So, Ash, administrator calls. Oh, you want me to take my good film and try to improve it? Oh, would you like to take your bad film? I mean, I could go either or. I mean, I feel like a stranger when a stranger calls was just fine. Update it. Make it modern. How does a babysitter nowadays fear for children? Let's see. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Give me a second. Come in. Could, all right. I'll put it to you this way. Could a phone even be a thing, right? It's not going to be a house phone. No. And then, babysitter. Any 13 year old girl in the world comes over with her phone at 20%. It's not gonna make it through the night. One Unless half hour texting, and that phone's 
Right. So does that play into it? Like she gets the first phone call when she's at 17%. Another phone call is the can't find a charger in the house. She needs to call the cops. Her phone dies. Then what is she she freaking screwed. <laughs> um sorry, that was an ugly laugh. Um Gray, uh, it'll be it'll be cool to see like her having to rely like let's say like the house that she's babysitting in like let's say like her cell phone dies and she has no way to get a charge or whatever which I kind of think is kind of impossible because teenagers are kind of smart nowadays and they make sure like they bring their charger or their portable chargers with but let Let's say she was being careless. She was fighting with her dad. Oh, she's fighting with her dad in the regular film, right? That was six. Let's uh, say yeah. she's well, yeah, she mad. gets grounded. Yeah. Slams the door. Charger gets caught in the door. She's walking away mad. Doesn't even realize it. It's just dragging down the dirt road. Right. So, I mean, she should have luck. So it would be kind of cool to see, like, a teenager into... <laughs> It's time, learning to rely on a house phone. Let's just say, like, the house that has a house phone. It'll be... Damn, dummy. It'll be interesting to see the babysitter use the house phone. Like, she has to rely on it. Gentlemen. I'd like to see, like, a little, little twist, but no... To the story, but uh, for when a stranger calls, for like once again, I think you said it best. Involve like grenade technology, because really, that I feel like that would be the most terrifying thing to to people now. Is just as you said. You no, know, oh, I gotta make this phone call. You see, your ba- your battery's at fourteen percent. You gotta work and babysit these bad little kids for the next two hours. Your phone ain't gonna make it. And then someone keeps on calling the house. Like I feel like the the addition of modern technology would be perfect for that movie. Yeah. Like let's suppose before things went down, she called Uber Eats. So like, <laughs> there's that little thing that happened. There. In the beginning of the film, it happened until he's knocking on the door. And then it's like, it's a delivery guy there to get murdered, or is this a chance to get help? In the act, when you re- a cell phone charger, because that's what most kids would think. They'd be like, ooh, I can drive and go get help, or I can go charge my phone. See? Make him make a tough decision. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and something along the line. It's just off the cuff spitball. Great I like the idea. Uh, oh no, I was gonna say I like what the idea with the um, the remake that they really highlighted, or they made sure the uh, the lead actress, the characters, he isolated. They didn't live in an apartment. They lived in this farmhouse was way out in the country, so I think maybe uh, amping the idea of isolation up a bit more would, would really, really work for 
for a, another remake. Maybe not in such a mansion. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, that was creepy itself. Yeah. Isolation in the middle of everything. What if they yes. lived in a New York higher... Yes. That's I like, love that. Fancy auto locks fail, so you can't open doors, blah, blah, blah. We should copyright them. Done. <laughs> Brandon, I've never seen your film, but say your film takes place in Alaska during the Northern Lights. How does the character die? Five. How do they fend off the boogeyman? Yo, okay, so y'all know I got a creative mind too, and you're gonna do this to me. So they're in Alaska, so that's perfect because with them they could be living pretty far away, providing isolation for this made-up thing that we're talking about called the boogeyman, um, and. I could, I could literally tell you a whole story off this. So here's what would happen, right? You have the kids, like, they... To Alaska, so they don't, like... They really don't know anything else about the outside world, any other countries, things like that. Oh, wait, and time so, out. I said the Northern Lights. I meant to say the period where there is, like, the 40 days of night. 30 days. 30. Yeah, it's 30 days. Yeah, I fucked up. <laughs> you did. You really did. I got to start all over. Uh, here's what I would do. So, like, yeah. Like, just down that, that myth of, you know, this is the boogeyman. Boogeyman feeds off your th- your fears and thoughts and everything else. Because that's all, it's always nice. So that's when he can hunt. That's when he can get what he needs to get. And I'd have it set where, you know, because, like I said, this family, they all, they're, out, kind of isolated from the world and it's passed down through their generations and it's because you know you can look in the past like be like yeah you know your grandfather got snatched up by the boogeyman and the one person who saw it his wife is, was alive and she passed it down through the centuries and, you know have the kids be like oh we don't believe it whatever and then just start having them just start fucking slowly prowling and patrolling the house doing stuff to scare them letting them know I'm here and I'm real before you know Oh, it's not a kid or two up. No big deal. Um, yeah, that's what I would do. It would be perfect because you think about it. He's always able to hunt for 30 days straight. So that's 30 days of torture. You know, I just thought about it, and I think I just gave you the premise for Jeepers Creepers. Right? Every 27 years. You kind of <laughs> did. So I guess another interpretation of the book man. <laughs> I just completely <laughs> You're on a fire today, man. Hey, you know, all pistons, man. I've been drinking this juice, and it, 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 everything feels great. <laughs> um, that brings us to the Candyman. Uh, yes. What if... What if... Mm. Anyone can jump in on the premise. I didn't. I should have thought that about this before. (laughs) 
I, as much as I love the urban setting of a Cabrini Green set, Candyman Part One, I would actually make it take place in New Orleans for okay. whatever remake, because that's where his actual origins were in, in Louisiana. Um, but I would definitely make his focus not so much be finding a wife or a lover, but make him maybe get revenge on the descendants of the people who tortured him in the past. Um, just creating fear, maybe in the descendants of the, I don't think slave owners, but the, the people who tortured him, and maybe the other people who sat by. I think that would be a, a really cool twist well, on the story. Yeah. Just so why if you should focus on getting revenge, in my opinion. That is true, because at the end of the day, it's, he's the victim of a hate crime, so... Yeah. 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 What if it took place at uh, Charlottesville at the University of Virginia? <laughs> um, I literally thought you were going to say space at first, but I like Charlottesville. <laughs> that actually makes sense. Tony Todd in space. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could take place. I mean, especially now. Yeah, I mean, if we, it could be really family having it take place in Charlottesville. Yeah, uh, on the anniversary of of the uh, of the riot. Holy shit! Yeah, that'd be perfect. Um, they copyright that. Yeah, <laughs> so if you're listening. Yeah, or maybe in. Candyman, Boogeyman, When a Stranger Calls, Got My Own Damn Movie. Uh, <laughs> I actually got a new premise for When a Stranger Calls, but I don't know how well it'll be received. But... Well, I already paused the outro. Let's hear it. Oh, no. I was just, okay. Let's just say the parents have something to do with the like maybe they get like like maybe they get joy out of like torturing these babies you see like all the callings from the house and like the babysitter I mean like switched it up a little bit like they hire someone to make the calls inside the house and to torment and possibly kill the babysitter like it's like a specific, maybe like there's a specific family and they like been moved from state to state, taking new identities, then hide out, they get a babysitter, they hire someone to make the phone calls, torture her, she possibly meets her demise. Parents get shits and giggles out of it. You know what? Yeah, I could write something about that. I could write about that. And they were foster parents. And the kid was about to be turned over to a family, and they didn't want to lose the kid. So they hired, make it look like the babysitter's gone crazy, murder the babysitter, but pretend like the babysitter murdered the kid and keep the kid off the books. See it. There you go. I like that. If any of our listeners 
race and it becomes a successful screenplay, we get 10%, just off, off bat. Um, I, I like all these concepts. I 100% agree. <laughs> it's already copyrighted in my, in my mind. Yeah, so Russo Brothers, I'm coming for you. If I see one toddler with an iPad, <laughs> Jordan what? Peele of Candyman is a space. I want my money too. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> you know what? Is that if you wanted to do a prequel to Get Out, that could be Candyman. Like I know that Jordan Peele's kind of producing the next Candyman anyway. Right. But like, if you just wanted to go further into the Armitage family. over the years I think that would be perfect that sounds amazing <laughs> so I, I, I know that the next one's supposed to be a companion piece or a, a soul sequel I forget the exact verbiage I would for that it'd be interesting yeah I mean essentially Jordan different things I'm convinced that all I forget four or five movies when he's done are going to be connected man denied it <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't said anything about his next movie has he uh, not that I know of but he, I mean he could probably go at his own pace with anything yeah. you know just smoke a joint hang, hang out with his kid and you know oh, what? Yeah, I'm he already know. He big 20... chilling. He big chilling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Third time's a charm. Say goodnight, folks. Good night. Good night. Deuces.